loving-kindness, metta, unconditional, non-judgmental, goodwill to all beings, the intention that all beings shall be happy and well, healthy, long-lived, successful, appreciated. The metta, it feels so good, so why don't we make it our permanent dwelling place, so to speak? The Brahma Vihava. Vihava is a dwelling place. Brahma is the, the very high deva, one of the non-central devas, where the lifespan can exceed eons. A very blissful state, a very uplifting emotion and completely wholesome, beneficial, good karma. Every little thought of matter generating good karma. And uh, the emotion which we feel when we develop matter and are immediately benefiting ourselves. So why not more of it? Why holding back? However, very important in the metta is also Appamanya Vihava. It's known as Brahma Vihava, the dwelling place of a high deity, high deva, non-central deva, and the dwelling place that is unlimited, boundless, infinite. Unlimited, infinite, because we extend our loving-kindness in all directions without limit, infinity in space, so to speak. Unlimited, boundless, because we include everyone. The ones who like us, the ones who hate us, good people, bad people, saints and sinners, whether they are our own national background, whatever nationality or race, whether they are our own religion, whether they are Buddhist or Catholic, Muslim or megachurch, atheist, it doesn't matter. But this is the meaning of the upper manya, without limit, without Boundary, we're not excluding anyone. But that also implies that we have to be included ourselves. That is what we sometimes overlook, the big effort to include everyone. The universe is so big, the number of beings is so high. And then we try to include everyone and we end up overlooking ourselves. Sometimes maybe taking that for granted, but uh, it shouldn't be taken for granted. There are so many people who have a negative attitude to themselves. So many teachers have pointed that out. There can be uh, issues in modern society in particular with uh, disrespecting oneself, self-loathing, self-hatred. So really, really important that we always include ourselves in our matter because we are a being ourselves and matters to all beings. 
One reason to exclude ourselves can be that we are quite aware of our shortcomings. Usually we know ourselves maybe better than others and certain things, certain weaknesses that may not be so apparent to others. We may present a nice facade to others, but of course we ourselves know our shortcomings and weaknesses. So how do you give matter if you are so aware of many shortcomings and character flaws you may be having? Simply by reminding ourselves that it doesn't matter at all. That's a beautiful thing. You don't have to do anything to deserve matter. This is why the Buddha and the great practitioners, they can give this unconditional matter to absolutely everyone. Usually we have to make such big efforts to qualify. And if you want to study medicine or certain subjects, if you want a good job, you have to have this resume and the top degrees and experience. If you want to succeed on the dating apps, you have to upload very beautiful photos of yourself and the people will judge you immediately and swipe you right or left. There's one app I hear where you can just always swipe or left. Left, uh, swipe left or right, and choosing people from just one look, rejecting them. Or, um, and the great thing about matter is not like that. It's not like in this world where you always have to, to struggle to be you know, accepted and appreciated in order to deserve our own loving kindness. There's absolutely zero condition. We totally qualify just by being alive, by being uh, conscious. That's all that's required. Rewards and all, as they say. Doesn't matter. So definitely from the theory, from the teaching of the Buddha, from the whole idea of metta, we should be included. So the first argument that we may have certain shortcomings can't diminish our matter because it's not a required condition anyhow. And the matter is not a reward for good behavior. Matter is not a reward for um, outstanding qualities. It's unconditional. So even if we accept the um, position that according to the Buddha's teaching we definitely have to include ourselves that doesn't necessarily mean that we can actually do it (laughs) so we have to make an effort to really do it and I think one uh, mistake which easily happens if we look around and we imagine now, okay, I develop matter to all beings throughout the whole universe, there's already some 8 billion of just human beings on planet Earth. And once you include all the animals, just imagine how many ants or flies would be there, and then count as animals, and then all the spirits, 
And then once you go out na, into the universe, na, in different solar systems, different galaxies, na, the number of beings is obviously incredibly vast. We quickly think na, of trillions and trillions of uh, living beings throughout the universe. And I think na, in, intuitively we kind of feel so many beings. Na, so if there are trillions of beings and I'm only one of those, then it feels like na, to me, myself, I should give one trillionth of all my matter and na, the rest to all these beings because they are so many more. However, it doesn't work quite so uh, mathematically precise in that way. And in practical terms, na, I like to recommend na, try 50-50 or the you are only one, and the number of beings is in the trillions, and still try 50-50. Give it a good go if you practice matter and you imagine that half of your time and effort and energy and attention in your matter meditation is directed to yourself, that you yourself are happy and well, that you yourself live long, healthy and happily, and the other 50% than to all the other beings. Just, just for starters, just for giving it a try. All that appears counterintuitive in terms of comparing numbers, the one against trillions, but then in terms of effort, 50-50. But it may work quite well because so many have difficulties not to fully wishing well to themselves. Now over time we can adjust. Now you can try out in your mind and which one is more difficult have you experimented. Now if you imagine other beings, if you imagine yourself, which of these two instances do you find easier to get the uh, meta-energy going? Where do you feel more in the happiness or emotion of meta arising? Well, if it still appears more difficult to oneself, then one may want to put for some time even 100% on the other hand, if already for oneself, one can notice that immediately matter is quite strong and flows easily. And to other beings, or maybe to some group of beings, or some individuals, it's very difficult. And then we readjust and we give more of our attention and energy to wherever it is difficult. But nevertheless, never neglecting loving-kindness to ourselves. Any comments or questions? How is it going? Do you find it easy in your meditation? To others, to yourselves, to both? You like both?
Stefan, good to have you back. Welcome back to Tamagiri. And my question is, the absence of ill will together with equanimity, in my world that qualifies as metta, quite sustainable metta, whereas if I generate vibrant, colorful, sunshiny, glorious metta, that is also quite something, but it, it requires a lot of effort. Whereas the other one doesn't require so much effort. That is an interesting comment. Yeah, someone says, how about an absence of ill will, the absence of ill will. So there's no uh, noticeable anger, ill will or aversion in the mind. And a sense of equanimity. Isn't that even better than meta? Because trying to really get the matter flowing that requires so much effort, whereas just having absence of ill will and equanimity is very easy. And I think that's an important area to look into. And I had a very similar question also just recently where someone also suggested why developing matter is it not enough to simply not having ill will. Um, I mean, for someone who is on a very high level of their practice, particularly on the other hand, it may be quite okay and not, no need to develop meta. I mean, for an other hand, there's no need to develop anything anymore anyhow. So uh, setting that aside, but even saying a very advanced practitioner, they may be able to do that and to have a real, very strong equanimity. If one is not on a very high level yet, I think it is quite easy to overlook more subtle forms of aversion. The mindfulness may not be strong enough to pick that up and it may still be there. And even if nothing acutely manifests, the underlying tendency is still there unless a person is in anagami. The underlying tendency to aversion, ill anger and it will only be abandoned on the third stage of enlightenment before it is there. And just uh, as far as we can see, there's no anger aversion in my mind. It will not directly uh, reduce and diminish these defilements anymore. And equanimity is uh, ultimately uh, even superior, one could say, in the Brahma Viharvas, uh, for example, on the side of Samadhi, you know, the deepest samadhi are connected with equanimity and not you know, with the joyful feeling of metta. But again, it's very, very difficult to get the equanimity on that very high level. And often when we feel equanimous, again, it may be that we are not noticing the subtle things. There may be subtle liking and disliking, subtle aversion, subtle feeling a little bit blues or something, and we may mistake it for equanimity. Whereas if we develop metta and we notice that the metta is quite strong in my heart now, um, I think that is, that is easier. You cannot easily mistake that. And I think as a more direct antidote for uh, anger and aversion. And the fact that it requires effort may be an indication that okay, we have, we have to expend that effort. I remember one uh, female retreatant who stayed here and, and she does uh, meta quite regularly. 
And uh, when I talked to her about it, and I said, yeah, and this may be also quite easy to you. But then she said, no, no, it's not easy at all. It's really hard practice. <laughs> and I had to agree with her, and because one shouldn't think the matter is just easy. It can be in a, a very uh, heroic practice. And it takes effort. It is not easy necessarily. And it's effort well worth spend. I think a better approach for resting more in equanimity would be if our metta is really, really strong and we can get into a nice, blissful metta samadhi and then uh, going out on the top end and going higher to equanimity, like in the sequence of the jhanas, where at some stage the rapture, which is still connected with initial and sustained attention of mind, Vitaka Vichavana, appears a little bit coarse, and one lets go of that. And then the physical happiness, the rapture, piti, appears a little bit coarse, and one lets go of that. And then at some stage one lets go even of that super-refined mental bliss in third jhana, and uh, stays completely with mindfulness and equanimity and the amazing brightness and purity of the heart there. But I think often if we try to go uh, for the equanimity, we may be, now, so to speak, uh, underneath metta. And uh, the fact that metta is still taking quite a bit of effort, now that I think to me indicates we, we, we should put forth that effort. Because someone who can really dwell in equanimity either the to equanimity of fourth jhana, or the equanimity in a, uh, what is known sometimes as chalupakan, the sixfold equanimity, whatever happens in any of the six senses of an avahant. For that person, it will be again, I think, quite easy to develop matter. Depending on their character, they may have a preponderance or a preference that the Brahma Vihara of equanimity is the more natural or they incline more to that than to matter, even on our hand. But if for any reason he wanted to develop or she wanted to develop loving kindness rather than equanimity, I'm sure that our hand could do that very, very easy, what would hold them back. And in terms of interaction, you know, for other beings you may get a better response from them if you radiate matter to them rather than equanimity. Of course, you know, some very famous outstanding teachers may want to limit you know, how much matter they radiate all the time because they may get overwhelmed by all these people you know, who latch onto them, but I don't think too many of us would have that problem. So my encouragement would be to rather uh, face that and go for that effort. And if it feels like it, it really takes effort to get this bright, as you described it, you know, this shining sun of matter going, and it feels so much easier, I'm just, okay, no event, I'm just equanimous, I, I would suggest you know, it's worthwhile making that effort. And if we, all these Brahma Viharas are related, particularly the first three, but I would say also equanimity. And if we find it quite easy to dwell in true equanimity, 
either on the side of samadhi or vipassana or both. I think it shouldn't be difficult then to develop metta. It should be very easy to switch over. And there's some Abahan, for example, who loves by his natural inclination to rather dwell in equanimity. I'm sure if he now suddenly interacts with other beings and he notices you know, that they're really suffering and uh, that they're not having full faith yet, I'm quite confident that that person then would develop you know, deliberately metta and could do that very easily. Because if someone is struggling, the feeling that if you tune into a meta energy from someone else, this is usually a little bit more encouraging and satisfactory than in tuning into opaca energy. And I give a better response. Any other? Okay, yeah? So do you agree? And I think metta, as you say, is a much better antidote to irrelevant uh, aversion than anything else. It's the most direct and most powerful medicine against will. And uh, certainly opaca as well. But again, unless one is already on a very high level of opeka, I think it's easier if we have some level of equanimity, it's easier for evil to disturb that than if we have some level of metta for that to be disturbed by evil. I think it provides a better protection, as you said, a better medicine, particularly against all these evil and aversion states. And if we develop metta, as you said, early in the morning in our formal meditation that provides some good protection throughout the day. Sadhu, sadhu. Let's share merits with all beings, page 33. Now let's chant the verses of sharing the aspirations. Through the goodness that arises from my practice, may my spirit